Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I want to help us today to meditate on God's love. You know, God's love is, is so powerful and, and sometimes we, we, uh, we underestimate it, you know. Uh, uh, you know, hearing things like Jesus loves you, uh, uh, you know, after a while can, can feel, uh, even though it's not cheap, but it feels cheap. It feels like just a common Christian saying. It just feels like a greeting, you know, but, but it's so much more than that. Amen? You know, God truly, truly loves us. And God's love is a very powerful thing. Uh, and, and sometimes we, we, we struggle to, to even embrace the fact that God's love is, is the very thing that sustains us is because uh, far too many times we have taken things into our own hands uh, and we have relied on ourselves more than God. And when we depend on ourselves, when we uh, try to become our own God, uh, it's, a, it's a sooner or later thing that we will fail. Uh, that we will fall. You know, how many of you have tried with your own strength to solve a problem uh, only to fall flat on your nose? Amen? You know, how many of you have tried with your own strength to apply for something, to go for an interview, uh, to, to, I don't know, to solve a problem, to create a relationship only to have uh, uh, bridges burned uh, and your heart being broken? Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I'm here today, this morning, and for some of you, this message might be a reminder of God's love and for some it will be a fresh revelation on how much God loves us. And so I want us to turn uh, to John, the Gospel of John, John chapter 21 and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 19. Amen. And uh, we're going to meditate on this. Uh, it's going to be some reading but we're going to meditate on it and, uh, and, and I want us to really soak ourselves in God's love. Um, and then we're going to unpack it, and then um, I'm going to give you the title and then some take-home points. And uh, because it's the summer season, I hope that I won't be preaching too long. So if you help me preach, I'll preach even faster and shorter. <laughs> Amen? Uh, but before that, would you allow me to pray? Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word. And right now, we say this is, this is your time, and we want to hear from you. So in a while, we're going to open up your scripture and we invite your scripture to speak to us. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. And we pray, Lord, would you make our hearts soft so that every word, every verse that jumps out of the pages of the Bibles we're going to read it from will, will be like a good seed that will land on our hearts that we pray you will make into a good ground. Transform us from the inside out, Lord. Make us fruitful. Lord, we want to, uh, uh, we want to be transformed, Lord, by your truth. And so again, Lord, we just ask that you take over, uh, help us to hear from you, help us to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. John chapter 21, verse 1 to 19, uh, uh, we also have it flashed out on the screen, so let's read together. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were, were all together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. So they said to him, we're going with you also. So they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that whole night, they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. 
Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it for fishing, and plunged into the sea. And, but the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Wow. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, Ten my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Amen. God bless his word. Have you ever felt like you've messed up? Have you ever felt like, even though, because the Bible, that we, the, the scripture that we just read, said that it was by then the third time so it wasn't the first time they encountered the resurrected Christ. It was the third time. And, and how many of us, if we're really to be honest, friends, have been there before? You've encountered Jesus many times. Powerful encounters. Yet despite those encounters, despite those experiences, despite your, your years of experience as a Christian, all of them here by this point had already been three years a follower of Jesus. You know, and they had the best pastor in the whole world pastoring them. His name was also Jesus. And yet, despite having all those uh, things in their lives, all those good spiritual experiences, um, the, you know, Peter uh, still went through his moments of doubt, went through his moments of denial, and, and just even possibly went through his moments of, of depression. Because can you imagine Jesus appeared and yet, all you could think of was like, I, I want to go fishing. How many of you have been there before? Where, where, where you know that God has amazing plans for you, yet all you can think of is, I can't handle this, I can't cope, I, I just need a break. You know, how many of you have been there before where you know Jesus, and yet 
despite your experiences to Him, you've also gone through your moments of, of denial. And, and, and so, I am here to tell you, and especially not, not to make anyone feel bad, but I want to encourage you. Because maybe among us here, there are some people who recently, and when I say recently, it could be the last three weeks or the last three years, but your walk with God has not been exciting. Your walk with God has not been going well. And you feel like the disciples, you feel like giving up. You feel like changing professions. You feel like switching lanes. You feel like running away. Friends, if that's you, I want to encourage you by letting you know you are at the right place at the right time because our God is a God who restores. Or maybe some of you are hearing, saying, hearing this and going like, well, I'm not sure, you know, my walk has just been so amazing. I just had such a powerful, quiet time this morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. for, you know, just an hour of prayer, followed by an hour of reading God's Word, followed by another hour of worship by myself before coming to church to even enjoy. You know, my, my walk with God has been awesome and, and praise God. You know, please come and pray for me after the service. And I mean it, you know. But, but even if that is what you're currently going through, I'm here to tell you, not as a prophet of doom, but I'm here to tell you that there will come days where you will feel like you are the worst. There will be days, even if, even if you're feeling on the top of the world right now, but there will be days where where you will feel like you've disappointed God. There will be days where you will even deny God. But I want you to know that when those days come, I want you to be, remember this message and I want you to be encouraged by it. First of all, what, what can we be encouraged by? We can be encouraged by the fact that the God we serve is a loving, gracious, generous and good God. You know, many times you come to church and then you hear things say that, you know, they hear the preacher or different people say that Jesus loves you. He will never give up on you. And then you're wondering, you know, is, is that really true? Come on, how many of you have been there before? You go like, does that really apply to me? Maybe that applies to some people here who are, who are very holy, but, but maybe, maybe not me. How many of you have felt where, uh, like, your relationship with God is, is, is subpar? You know, it feels like maybe your mom's prayer life is, is you know, has direct access. You know, using a, a, a Spotify as, as an example, for example, you know. Maybe you're thinking, you know, to your mom, her prayer life is like Spotify premium. No ads in between. No non-stop, you know, direct connection. Whatever she wants, she can find it and she will get it. And then maybe you're thinking to yourself, no, you're, you're, you're just Spotify normal, you know. And then you can't just search for any song. Uh, even if you want something, you have to, you have to go through five ads before God will answer your prayer. You've got to go through five months of waiting. I know you have to go through five months of prayer and fasting before God will. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Look at the disciples. They had encountered God but they walked away. For whatever reason, they walked away. They walked away to process. They walked away because they didn't know what to do next but they walked away even though they, they, they encountered God. But guess who went to find them? It was Jesus. And, and, and that, friends, is something that we must never forget. We serve a gracious God that makes the first move. You know, if, you, if you're also somebody like what Grace said, you know, maybe sometimes a little bit socially awkward who doesn't, you know, know how to fire off the first email, how many know that Jesus fired the, off the first email? 
Amen? You know, and he was there by the shore. Do you feel like you're drifting away from God? Do you feel like God doesn't care? Do you feel like you can't sense God? I'm here to tell you that God's not far away. In fact, He's walking towards you. In fact, He's walking towards you. And, and, and He's there at the shore of your life. Whatever that shore represents, He's there. And I love that, that, that Scripture here says that well, even though they were drifting in the sea, they were drifting a whole night. You know, they, they were drifting away, but I love that Scripture says that, but they were also not that far. About 200 cubits, swimming distance, you know. And I want you to know that whatever you're going through, friends, I want you to be encouraged by this, that God is not far. And so even though you might feel very imperfect today or will one day feel imperfect, I want you to know that there's always hope in Jesus because no matter what you're going through, you are perfectly loved. And so if you're taking down notes, write this down. The title for my message today is called Imperfect But Perfectly Loved. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm imperfect but perfectly loved by God. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and says, you're imperfect, but perfectly loved by God. <laughs> Just to turn things around a little. Amen. This is such a powerful revelation. There were days where they, you feel like your walk with God is imperfect. Your prayer life is imperfect. Hello, have you been there before? Your, 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 your Bible reading plan is imperfect. Ooh, don't worry, I haven't been spying on your app. But maybe for some of us, there's lots of catching up to do. Maybe at the start of the year, you started perfectly every day while you're reading. In fact, some days you read tomorrow's portion. Wow, praise the Lord. You know, God's given you a hunger. But then comes exam. Then comes some distraction. And then before you know it, you've got some catching up to do. Before you know it, you might even feel like, maybe I should just start again next year. <laughs> you know? And I want you to know that even though your, your walk has been imperfect, even though you maybe have, have felt like you denied Jesus, Peter definitely denied Jesus and Jesus was here in the scripture that is read. He was here to restore him. And, and maybe some of us, we, we've also denied Jesus. You know, maybe we denied him indirectly at our workplace. We denied Jesus. In our schools, we denied Jesus. Maybe in the shows that we watch, the films that we watch, we've denied Jesus. The websites that we visit, we've denied Jesus. But I want you to know that even if you've recently denied Jesus and you feel like trash and you feel unlovable, I want you to know as imperfect as you are, you are still perfectly loved by God. And this is not me making up. This is from the scripture that we read. Jesus went to find them. And even when they, they, they tried their hardest best to, to create something. How many of you have been there before? No? You, you ran away from God and you thought that you could make your own future. But even after working a whole night, it wasn't the future. You created something, but it wasn't the future you imagined. And Jesus was there. He didn't go like, so you guys went fishing, huh? No, no, no. How, how did Jesus respond to them? The first mention is so important. Jesus says, children, no matter how far you've run, no matter even if you felt like you've taken things into your own hands and you're trying to manufacture your own miracle, in the eyes of God, He still sees you as His children. Wow! How powerful is that? No, I know we, a lot of blank faces there because we cannot process. We cannot process this kind of love. But friends, we must. We need to because this is God's love. 
This is perfect love. And if you begin to let this perfect... See, a lot of us, we, we think that God loves us, but we, we, we think that He loves us according to our definition of what love is. This morning, I want us to change our definition and begin to let God define His love for us. Don't define God's love for you. Sometimes you think that, oh no, yeah, of course, oh, I just prayed this morning, of course God will answer my prayer. No, 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 that, that's not how God loves. And maybe some of us, we think that, oh, because I haven't been as active in my walk with God, in church, in serving, whatever it is, I've not been living right, I've been living a double life, no way God will, no, no, no. You see, Jesus didn't go like, so, I, I appeared two times, still not enough, huh? Because we read earlier on, if, if, if Jesus was a calculative agent, he would say that, oh, so two times not enough. Oh, Thomas, you're still going fishing even though I let you put your fingers through my scars, huh? Huh? Did Jesus do that? No. But we think, don't we? We think, oh, God's mad right now. And sometimes, instead of letting God speak, we, we become like a ventriloquist. And we create the own voice of God in our head, a voice of condemnation instead of a voice of kindness. How did Jesus reach out to them? Children! He then says, what were you doing? Shouldn't you be in synagogue? He says, any food. And, and, and even though we're far away from God, God's first concern is still our well-being. Have you eaten? Do you have enough? Are you hurting? Do you need strength? And even though they didn't ask for it, God performed a miracle for them. Have you been there before? Where God created a miracle even though you didn't pray for it? Come on. You know, I didn't study that hard. But man, the results I got, it's a miracle. Or I felt like I messed up that interview, but they called me back. Or I don't know how I, I, I got this opportunity. I, 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 it wasn't like I'm a good Christian. No, no, that's the love of God. You see, stop trying to think that you need to earn God's love. God's love is gracious. God's love is generous. God's love is good. And that's the first part. And, and you know what's even more mind-blowing than that? Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Creator of the universe, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords invites them for breakfast. That's the heart of God. Oh, is God really good? I don't think God can love me. God wants to have breakfast with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to have breakfast with you. I, I, I love that you cannot make this up. This is in the Bible. Friends, sometimes we think that is, is God, you know, what, what kind of God do I serve, you know? And sometimes because we think that God is this, I don't know, stuck-up, formal guy, it, 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 it warps and distorts the way we pray. And instead of praying in a liberating way, I love how Grace shared, you know, instead of, instead of praying, you know, uh, in a formal way, you know, I'm really going through stuff, but you know what? I just need to put on a mask of Jesus and go, Jesus, I'm fine. <laughs> Your word is so amazing. I love it. Love it. Even though there's an elephant in the room called my struggles. Even though there's an elephant in the room called I'm behind my studies. Even though there's an elephant in the room called I can't pay my bills. There's an elephant in the room called I don't know what to do in my future. We just go like, oh, God, you're so good. Oh, thy will be done. Oh, Your kingdom come. Your will. And God's saying that that's not the type of relationship I want with you. I want to have breakfast. I want to have breakfast. I love breakfast. 
You know why? I don't like brunch. I like breakfast. I, but I do go brunch for my loving wife. But, uh, <laughs> but you, it, breakfast is cool. You know why? Let's just be honest for a while. How many of you sometimes you wake up really early in the morning and you're like me, you have breakfast before you brush your teeth? Come on, come on. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You know why? Because you can. <laughs> breakfast is this intimate meal that you have in the early mornings of the day in your house where you don't, your hair doesn't need to be perfect, where you can enjoy it in your pajamas, where you can eat and then go brush your teeth. You know what I'm saying? I, I know some of you are going like, oh, disgusting, I'm changing church next week. But, but okay, some of you, maybe you brush your teeth before you have breakfast. Okay, fine, you do you. But, but I'm just saying that breakfast is this, is this meal. You see, brunch, you got to dress up and go out. Lunch, formal. That's, that's why people can say things like business lunch. But nobody says business breakfast. Nobody closes deals at breakfast. Because breakfast is this first meal that is meant to be the most relaxed, the most enjoyable. Do you know breakfast has no rules? You can have savory and sweet, regardless of the sequence. You can't go to lunch and go like, what are you having? I'm just having pancakes. And then people look at you, pancakes? That's a breakfast thing. But in breakfast, you can have pancakes if you want to. You can have savory pancakes, sweet pancakes. You can have crepe, you can have whatever it is. You, it, you can have fruits, or you can just have a cup of coffee. I love the fact that breakfast is this meal that's so intimate, so personal, that you don't need to get dressed up for. You don't need to be perfect for, and that is the relationship. That is the meal that Jesus wants to have with you. Jesus is not saying that, I want to have a formal fine dining meal with you. And then it feels like, oh, every time before I meet Jesus, I got to dress up, I got to go there, I got to sit there, I got to eat whatever, you know, little slice of cucumber they give me. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying that I want to have breakfast. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. And, and you know what's also amazing? The, the Creator Universe invites us for breakfast and the Creator Universe makes that breakfast. Do you notice that they dragged the, 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 the fishes to the shore. But by then, there was already fire and there was already fish and there was already bread. Jesus had already made filler of fish for them. You know, or, or tuna sandwich, however way you lean. But, but there was already and wow, wouldn't you want to be there? Forget the last supper. I want to be at the, the first breakfast. You know, I, I, want, I don't want to be there. You know, at, at the first breakfast with Jesus and go like, wow, what kind of bread is this? Do you, do, do, you, do you ever use your sanctified imagination and go, do you think it was sourdough or white loaf? Do you think it was, uh, you know, roti or naan or unleavened bread or, or, you know, what kind of fish was it? Was it tuna? Was it salmon? Was it, you know, I don't know, sardines, <laughs> if you like sardines. And that is God's love. Friends, sometimes we've got to read Scripture and just let Scripture breathe. And, and, and begin to see the beauty and simplicity of Scripture. And not only that, only after eating. How many of you have know that God does sometimes do surgery in our hearts? When I mean surgery, I mean like He, 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 he cuts open, ouch, and He takes away some blockages, some things in our lives that, you know, like, like a, a, a blocked artery, 
caused by cholesterol buildup. It's caused by our own doing. God didn't block your spiritual arteries. We did it with our irresponsible eating. We, 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 we eat things we're not supposed to eat and then we don't do the things we're supposed to do to keep ourselves healthy. And as a result, we've got a heart problem. And sometimes God is good, so good, that He cannot leave us to suffer. How many know that to be a good friend, you can't just be agreeable? Sometimes you need to, be, you know, you, you need to have good friends uh, to tell you when you're out of line. And thank God for, for friends and family who tell us when we're out of line. Amen? Because if, we only have, if you're only surrounded by yes men and yes people, we're not going to grow. We're going to destroy ourselves. And God is so good that he, he doesn't want to see us continue to suffer, so He intervenes. And so He did intervene. And He did talk to Peter about his denial. But I want us to hear the heart of God. But He did it after breakfast. You see, God's not about appearing in your life. Have you been there before? Where you feel like you walk into church and you just feel like the voice of God is condemning you? I want you to know that if, if you walk into church and you feel condemned, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of your own flesh, of your own past, whatever it is. But it's not the voice of God because this is how God operates. Children, come. You've been adrift. You've been afar. You've achieved nothing. Come. Miracle. Come on. Bring the miracle in. Eat. God always ministers to your need first before He does surgery. God always shows His love first before He cuts open. In other words, before He makes a withdrawal from your life, He always makes a deposit. And, and, and so, if you, if, this is the heart of God. You see, even in, in correcting your errors, God does it in such a loving way. And if you think that's loving, the, the, the timing is so loving. So if you ever feel like, oh, I'm going through such a tough time, can I pray to God? If I pray to Him, will He just remind me that I haven't been praying? No, no, no. Pray, cry out to Him, reach out to Him. He will never, the first thing God does will never be to remind you of your mistakes. But, but He's loving and He will approach the issue. But He will also approach it in the right time, a time where you feel refreshed. But He also will approach it in the right manner. Did you notice in the entire scripture that we just read that never once did Jesus say the word, so Peter, about that night, Never. So if you feel the Holy Spirit say, hey, about that night, that's not the voice of God. You see, God addresses it, but like a master counselor, He addresses it in a way that, you know, in our modern speak is, if you know, you know. And so He doesn't need to talk to Peter about, so, Pete, Nice chicken over there. You see that chicken over there? You know, Jesus didn't make a chicken appear because, you know, those of you who know the Bible, you know, he denied Jesus three times and then a rooster crowed. Jesus didn't go like, oh, hey, chicken. <laughs> you know what, 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 uh, what, what, what roosters uh, sound like? <laughs> Sounds familiar, Peter? No, never. Instead, he just goes like, do you love me? You see, Jesus' way of dealing with it, He goes to the heart. 
He didn't say, Peter, will you do it again? He says, Peter, do you love me? He didn't say, Peter, promise that you'll never do it again. Do you see how sometimes we, we define God's love and we think that I need to draw near to God and I need to say, God, I will never, 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 never do it again, whatever that thing is. But you see, Jesus is not interested in that. What was Jesus interested in? Do you love me? Do you love me? I'm not here to check on whether you will do whatever that thing is, whether it's enough or not enough. Jesus, but, but how does Jesus, he, 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 he approaches it three times and that was enough for Peter to know that Jesus was dealing with him on something. But Jesus never does it in a condemning way. The love of God never condemns. The love of God never makes you, you know, never, never triggers you. The love of God is so gracious and so good. And not only that, I know the last scripture that we read, you know, can sound not the most encouraging, but actually it's very encouraging. Jesus says, you know, because I can imagine Peter going like, you know what, Jesus, you know me. I say it, but I mess up. I said I will never deny you, but I denied you. So the third time, Peter says that, Jesus, you know all things. And, and he's saying that, Jesus, I'm not sure whether I'll mess up again. Jesus, I'm not sure what the future holds. Only you know what the future holds. Here I am, I can say I'll never do it, but I'll end up doing it. But one thing I hope you know, Jesus, is that no matter what comes, I truly, truly do love you. Maybe that's an encouragement for some people here. Maybe recently you felt like, you, you know, the devil wants you to feel or your flesh wants you to feel like because of your denial of Jesus, um, that you don't really love him. No, I, I really believe that there are a lot of people here and even those watching online that you do love Jesus, but there will also be moments of weakness where you deny him. And, and I want us right now to, to understand the heart of Jesus before I give you the two points for today. The heart of Jesus is this. All that Jesus cares is, do you love me? Because not only did Jesus acknowledge and restore Peter, but Jesus invited Peter and gave a purpose to his life. And he says that, hey, now you're young, you're able to do whatever you want. But there'll come a time where you're old, you're not able to even dress yourself. But somebody will hold you, dress you, and bring you where you don't want to go. And scripture says that this was Jesus prophesying the type of death that Peter would glorify. In other words, Jesus, in a very Jesus way, is saying that, hey, Pete, I see a powerful future ahead of you. You might right now be shaking, thinking that, will I just be a mess up? Will I just be an inconsistent person for the rest of my life? Peter, I'm here to tell you, no. No. You're going to serve me. And you're going to serve me until your dying breath. And I know, to the modern day people, we don't like to hear death, right? <laughs> you only want to say, Jesus, give me life and life to the full. But what Jesus is saying that is, what's hidden behind that is a 
is the promise of consistency. He's saying that, Peter, you're shaking, you're thinking, will you run away to fish again? I'm here to tell you, no. You're going you're gonna to serve me to your dying breath. And you're going to, even in your death, you're going to glorify me. And, 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 and in your death, you're going you're gonna to make history. And your death will be a catalyst for other people's faith. Oh, Pete, you're going to be so consistent to your old age. You're going to be you, but I'm going to be me. You're going to be you, but I'm going to be me. You'll still be imperfect, but I'm still going to perfectly love you. And even the way you die, I'm going to perfectly use it for my glory. And then he says, follow me. Wow. How many of you, if you, have a, if you are a millionaire or billionaire or gazillionaire, and you founded your company and uh, you found not just a powerful company, but you found a company that has, let's say, the cure for cancer. And you're hiring, you're looking, you're going through an interview with a CEO that will take this company and grow it because there's so many people who need the cure for cancer. How many of you would choose the person who quit this company three times? <laughs> How many would go like, I know who I'll make the CEO. The guy who quit not just once, not just twice, but three times. I know I'll get that person back. I'll go to his hometown and, and I'll find him when he's doing something else and I'll give him an opportunity of a lifetime. A lot of you will go like, nobody would do that. It would be irresponsible to do that. And yet, that's the love of God. The love of God is gracious. The love of God doesn't look at our past. The, the love of God looks at our future, looks at our purpose, looks at our possibility. Amen? That's the love of God. So God's love is gracious, generous, and good. We are loved so committedly and radically by God despite our repeated mistakes. That's the love of God. I, I just need us to just unpack all this. I know <laughs> you're probably thinking, oh no, He hasn't given us the point set. Don't worry. So what do we do with all this? I, I, I believe that God wants us this morning to point number one, Live in this love. Live in this love. Let me explain. Some of us here were living in our past. Some of us here were living in condemnation. Some of us here were living in our future. And that's not a good future. You're worrying in the, you're living, in, in, am I talking to human beings here? How many of you here, like Jesus says, don't worry about the future, but then you go like, but I cannot help but worry about the future. Jesus, the more you tell me not to worry, the more I want to worry. It's like a drug. How many of you have been there before? Right? Monday's around the corner, but you feel like you need to check your emails on Sunday night. And you just don't know. You think that by reaching into tomorrow, you think that you have a better control. And God is saying, don't live in your past. Don't live in the unpredictable future that you don't know yet. Don't live in condemnation. Don't live under a lie. Don't live under your definition of God's love. Live in this love. In the love that Jesus expressed. Live 
in the, in the breakfast serving love of Jesus. Live in the opportunity giving love of Jesus. Live in the gracious restoration recruitment love of Jesus. Live in that love. Means what? Dwell there. Live there emotionally. Live there mentally. How many know that the challenges that we face today hits us, before it hits us physically, it hits us mentally and emotionally. Let's say you go to uh, uh, the hospital and the doctor gives you the bad report. And it says you got three more months to live. How many know that even though you're not dead yet, your heart feels like you died. Your brain just died. Your, your spirit just died. Do you see that our wrestle is not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual things? And so, it's so important for us to live in that love. Where is your mind at, friends? Where is your mind at? Is your mind right now at your last mistake? That's not your postcode. Is your mind right now at your future failure? Or your future worry, that's not your postcode. And God is saying that live under the banner of His love. Live under the shadow of His wings. Dwell there. Make God's love the source of your identity. Who are you? Oh, no, I'm a quite a well-achiever. No, I'm a self-made man. No, 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 no. When you make God's love your identity, all you can say is, I don't know why God loves me, but I'm so glad that He does. I don't know how I got this job, but I'm so glad that God gave it to me. You see, if, if you go with that mentality, you know, and you have a performance appraisal coming up, if you, if you live on your own achievements, you're going to live in fear. But if you live in God's love, you enter in to the performance review, appraisal, that sit down, whatever, you're going to be like, it's scary, but you know what? Actually, it was never me. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've made some achievements, but it was never me. It was a miracle that I got this job. It's a miracle that I'm still here. <laughs> it's a miracle that, that I can still show up every day. It's a miracle! And so because it's a miracle, this performance review is going to be a miracle. If you're a student, if, if you live in your achievements, if you live in the library, if you live wherever you live, then when you have exams, you're going to be like, ah, I don't know what to do. But if you live in God's love and go like, you know what? It is by God's grace that I'm standing here. I, 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 I don't know. Even if you are some high achiever, you know, it's still God. It's still God. Even if you caught 153 big fish, it was still God. And, 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 and th this is how God wants us to approach each day. When you wake up in the morning, what goes through your mind? Can you make this your meditation? That's what I mean by live in this love. Would you, would you make this your dwelling place? Would you make this your happy place? Have you heard that saying before? Oh, I'm so stressful. I need to go to my happy place, my happy place, my happy place. And then your happy place could be McDonald's, your happy place could be, you know, the local pub or wherever it is. No, no, no. Make God's love your happy place. And go like, you know what? Before I start the day, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long week. But you know what? I don't, 
and live in God's love. Yeah, it's going to be a long week. But my God is a God who supplies. Oh, I had a rough past week. I failed. I messed up. I feel lousy. I feel I betrayed Jesus. What do you do then? Live in this love. You see, God's love is not just, oh, there, there, you're so amazing. No, God's love is that I love you, but we also need to talk, Pete. And and when you allow yourself to to live there, it creates this beautiful tension. And and, and you will never be so proud of your achievements that you feel like you don't need God. And you'll never ever feel like you disappointed God to the point where He, 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 He hates you. You'll be this beautiful balance of going like, wow, I'm achieving, but it's all because of God. Oh, I failed. But Jesus is not mad. Yeah, I need to deal with some stuff. And, and I know Jesus will deal with me. But I know I can still go to Him for breakfast. I can still go to Him for my needs. I can still go to Him. And I know that as I sit down with Him and we're going to talk, He's not going to ridicule me. He's not going to condemn me. He's not going to make fun of me. He's going to be loving me, asking me, what do I love? And then you begin to use that as the key to go in like, you know what? It is about God's love. You know, I'm addicted not because I'm unloved, but I'm addicted because I'm looking for love in the wrong place. I'm so stressed. I feel so overwhelmed. What I need is not another high. What I need is not another fix. What I need is the love of God. Do you see, friends? When you live in God's love, it both restores you and humbles you. Amen? So live in that love. Whatever you're going through, make God's love your identity, make God's love your security, and make it your legacy. Legacy means that no matter what ever happens in your life, just know that as imperfect as you will be and are, God loves you perfectly. Point number two. Today I'm only giving you two points. I'm running out of time. This is what we need to do. Point number two. Once you live in this love, we also owe a responsibility to live out this love. Live out this love. You see, those of us who have enjoyed a good thing, we cannot help but share it. That's why I constantly get people telling me, hey pastor, have you, have you watched later season of this show on Netflix called Stranger Things? Pastor, have you watched that latest show from Marvel? You know, Pastor, have you eaten at that new ice cream place? You see, we cannot help but share about the things we love. Have you met friends who, I don't know, recently fallen in love and they're so irritating because everything they can talk about is, oh, my boyfriend, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. Or oh, just the other day, I was there with my boyfriend and then the rest of us who are single go like, oh, I get it. You're in love. But you see, your friend's not trying to make your life miserable, even though, it, you know, <laughs> you might back to defer. But what your friend is doing is just a natural overflow out of love. And so, friends, if God, love is so perfect, so life-changing, so restoring. We cannot keep it to ourselves. 
And, and we need to live out this love. And I know that when we talk about oh, evangelism, telling people about Jesus, it, it's, it, it can sound very daunting. But it's really just talking about that which you love. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also one of those irritating people that, that likes to talk about the things I love. And, uh, you know, and so you, you hear me talk about a church a lot. <laughs> you know, hi, Pastor. Oh, church. You know, you hear me talk about God a lot and the things of God. Uh, but I can't help it, it just comes out. Um, and I'm, I'm also, I'm sorry. I can be, I try not to be. I can also be one of those very irritating people that talks about his wife a lot. Because I can't help it. And I always go like, you know, hey, my wife this, my wife that. Every time I meet people doing law, I go like, wow, you're a law, oh wow, my wife's a lawyer. And you guys are laughing because you heard me say that. Right? And you go like, yeah, oh, my wife this, my wife that, oh, that's my wife. Am I trying to be irritating? I hope not. I'll try not to be. But what it is, is an overflow. So maybe here's the other hard check. Is it possible that we find it hard to tell people about the God we love because we haven't been living under that love? You see, you cannot share what you haven't experienced. You can't go like, oh, you got to try the new burger from McDonald's. Have you eaten it? No. Then why you asked me to try it? I saw the ad. So, ads lie. Oh yeah, you're right, ads lie. No, no, but if you go like, no, no, I had it. It's the Big Mac or Big Macs. You gotta have it. It's called the Big Big Mac Mac. You know, you gotta go. And, and they go like, how do you know? I just had it. I just had it for breakfast. I know, you're not supposed to, but I just had it because I know rules for breakfast. And you see, you experience and you share. And so could it be that we find it hard to share about God's love because we haven't experienced fully God's love for ourselves. So, in this summer season, where there's a lot of holidays and traveling and a lot of our friends are moving in and out, can I encourage us to spend more time just soaking in God's love? And whatever you're going through, feel yourself. Just feel yourself. Recharge yourself. Not with your definition of God's love, but with God's definition of how much He loves you. And I guarantee you, when you do that, you cannot help but want to talk about Jesus. And that, I also find, is, is the key. You see, God's love also causes us to want to serve. That's why, that's why Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, take out my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, take out my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, take out my sheep. When you love God, you cannot help but love what He loves. And he loves people. And so if you say that, I'm a Christian, but I don't like people, maybe because you haven't really experienced God's love. Because when you experience God's love and how God was gracious to you, you cannot help but be gracious to somebody else. If, if you're living by the grace of God, we say that, oh, it's by the grace of God. No, no, no. If you're truly living by the grace of God, meaning that, God, you're loving me in such a way where I don't deserve I can't believe it. I don't deserve this interview. I don't deserve this bonus. I don't deserve this success. I don't deserve, I don't pray as hard. I don't, I don't deserve this. God, why? And God says that so that you can, you can show it to other people. Show other people a love that they don't deserve. 
When was the last time you showed love to somebody around you that doesn't deserve that love? Didn't deserve that kindness? Doesn't deserve that patience? Have you? Friends, the key is in knowing that God was first patient towards you. God was first kind towards you. God was first generous towards you. When was the last time you were generous to somebody around you? Not somebody who deserves your generosity. You know, somebody's birthday, hey, let's take him out and be generous. That's, that's normal. But when you're generous to people that maybe you, you have a prejudice against or whatever, do you see how healing God's love is? It doesn't even heal you. It's meant to overflow from your life and, and meant to flow out and meant to live out. Do you know how you can reach the world? One last point, okay? Stay with me. Do you know how you can reach the world around you? I know, talking about Jesus in, 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 you know, in a Western civilization can be so scary because it feels like it's going to open a can of worms because start arguing with you and stuff like that. And that's where I think a lot of us get it wrong when we evangelize. We think that to tell people about Jesus, we need to, we need to correct them on their, on their idea of gender and sexuality. Uh, we think that to talk about Jesus, we need to correct people on, on their perception of of abortion rights and human rights. We, we think that to, 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 to talk to people about Jesus, we, we need to talk to people about the validity of science versus creation. But that's not what Jesus asked us to do. Jesus simply asked us, what's the two biggest commandments? Love God with your all and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see? He didn't say, go to your neighbor and explain to them creation. No, no, no. He says, love them. Go to your neighbor and tell them that their idea of gender and sexuality, that they're not living sexually pure, they're not sleeping, no, they shouldn't be sleeping around. What? No, 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 no. Love them. You see, they go and, and argue politics and argue, you know, current events with your friends. No, no, no. Love them. And, and when you go around loving, 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 sharing that love, you know, people, you're just, telling people. It's, it's, again, truly one last example and I'll close. <laughs> Let's say none of you have met my wife. And uh, I'm going around saying that she's very loving, she's very kind, uh, very kind to marry someone like me, you know, very, very, very gracious, right? Um, and, and I'm just, what am I doing? I'm not saying that you should be married. I'm not saying that you're married to the wrong person. I'm just sharing how I've been blessed by this love. And then my hope is that one day you will meet this person in person and then you will be impressed by yourself. You know, you'll be impressed by your own experience, your own interaction that, wow, this person is legit. Wow, this person is kind. And friends, that's what evangelism is. You see, there was also another story where Jesus appeared to a woman at the well. And in a loving way, you see, Jesus is, Jesus is consistent. Jesus first approached and go like, and just like how Jesus asked the, the apostles, hey, any fish? He asked this lady, any water? And then when the lady goes like, oh, why are you asking for water? Why are you talking to me? You know, what's your deal about? Jesus lovingly addresses the issues in her life and goes like, I know you. Call your husband. I'm, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. And then Jesus goes like, yeah, I know. I know. You, you've had many husbands. 
He didn't call her names. He didn't say, because you're the town. No, he just, you've got, yeah, I know, I know. You've had bad experiences with men, haven't you? And he clicks. And then this woman goes like, how do you know? Are you a prophet? And long story short, this woman, from her interaction with Jesus, went and, and, and brought the whole village and says that, come, heal a man. He didn't say he condemned me. He didn't say that he scolded me. He didn't even say that he gave me revelation. He says that he told me, he could accurately tell me about me. He understood me. Come and see him for yourself. Come and hear him for yourself. Could it be that he is the Messiah? See, when we live out that love, not only does it make us, you know, just a positive light in whatever environment that we're in, we're simply also just sharing and saying that, God, I'm just telling people about how you've been so good to me. And God, you change their minds. God, you touch their hearts. God, you, I'm just going to keep sowing and I'm going to leave the results to you. Can we do that, friends? Amen? But we can't do that unless we've been living under God's love. Do you understand the importance of two? So my prayer is this. I hope that all of us will be able to live out God's love. But I pray before that, we will begin to live in God's love. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you're so good. You're beyond good. God, I thank you that even though we're so imperfect, you never give up on us and you perfectly love us. God, I pray that today, even as you've spoken to us, Lord, I truly believe that you just want us to just soak in your love. And I pray right now that you help us to experience your love in a deeper, more real way every day. And God, I pray that as we are so soaked in your love, we cannot help but live it out. We cannot help but share it. We cannot help but be dripping with it. Friends, the picture that God has given me in my mind now is like a sponge. When you sponge in God's love and you take in all the water, the living water of God's love, have you, have you tried to transfer a, a soaked up sponge before? It drips. It's not that the sponge is faulty. It's not that the sponge is trying to be different. It cannot help but drip, 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 drip because it's so full of it. And God is saying that for some of us here, we want to we be a positive impact to the world around us. But you've been trying. You've been trying the whole night and you've, you've, you've caught nothing. And God is saying that it's not about your net. It's not about where you're fishing. It's about His love. So would you first soak yourself again in His love? And, and out of love, not out of burnout, but out of love, begin to love, listen, lay hands on the people around us. Amen. Would you soak in God's love? If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.